Kevin Smith, who was just here, had written yeah, a script. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then they got you. Yeah. And now I said, once they got you, that's an automatic green light. And then we heard yeah. Nicolas Cage, which was very exciting. Yeah, no, right. I, and and uh, and you had a script or no? I never. I have trouble reading. Do you have? Don't you have trouble reading? Scripts? I hate reading those scripts. I have trouble even reading my own script. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about all the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo, and I will be your host. But joining me as always is actor and comedian Eden Porter. Thank you very much for having me, Michael Campbell. Thank you very much for returning every week. I, I never say thank you for that. Uh, mate, I appreciate but it. I, it's, you say it with your eyes. <laughs> oh, kind of. Good, because that's the last time I'll say it with my mouth. <laughs> You're just going to have to read it from the yeah, eyes. I can, I can see. I'm kidding. I'm, you are kicking me under the desk, but it's still fine. Now, last week we started talking about uh, Tim Burton and Kevin Smith, Superman Lives, the amalgamation that we've put together. And we're halfway through that. So if you haven't listened to part one, make sure you do that first. But if you need a little reminder, here's a quick catch up. What are the high level things that you're aware of with this, uh, with this project? NC, Nicolas Cage. Lois Lane, uh, rumoured by John Peters to be Sandra Bullock. So Jimmy Olsen was cast as Chris Rock, Brainiac. Academy Award winner, Christopher Walken. He's done three things, okay? I said, all right. One, I don't want to see him in that suit. Two, I don't want to see him fly. And three, he's got to fight a giant spider in the third act. Brainiac is seeking out a mysterious Kryptonian battery with which he thinks he could sustain himself indefinitely. Now, the Skull Ship comes into contact with an intergalactic greeting probe that was created by Lex Luthor. Brainiac ignores the message until Luthor mentions that Earth is home to a visitor of Kryptonian descent. Ah! I am Brainiac. All the capital, material, and technologies of my company are at your service. If you can kill Superman, you accomplish that, and to this planet's inhabitants, I'll make you a god. So we now cut back to the skull ship at night, and a tube rockets from the rear of the ship and heads toward Earth. Doomsday has arrived. They launch their satellite, blocking all the sunlight. He's thrown around by the giant creature like a ragdoll. The pair throw their last punches, connecting with one another's heads. Lois rushes over to a collapsed Superman. Is... Is... And Superman dies in her arms as the city watches on. Now, let's get back into the film. Okay, so... Talk about a cliffhanger. Superman is dead. Halfway through his own bloody movie. Oh my god. Now... Here's a question. Hit me. So, so we're, we've been talking a lot about Kevin Smith so far, especially last episode, about his dialogue and, mm. and you know, maybe was there going to be a James Lyle Bob cameo? <laughs> but this is also to be directed by Tim Burton. Yeah, that's a really good point because we all know, you you, you know what a Tim Burton film looks like. Yeah, wide you know, lenses. Exactly. Kooky characters. Crazy gothic architecture yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And there's a very, very distinct style to, mm. to, to his films. Almost. Almost fish-eyed. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and so when you think 
now you've got to start thinking about this this great script in this sort of yeah. Tim you have Burton's, to, by the way, you have, you have to. to. It's, it's illegal not to. <laughs> but it's just that idea of it, when you think about the, the architecture of Metropolis, because like, yeah. you, you you think of the eighty nine. Batman yeah, yeah. and how how Gotham sort of looks in that. And that really suits mm. that Tim Burton style. Actually, so, it, it I, is I, I'm kind of picturing like a um like industrial revolution, like almost like uh, you know, and and Rand and the the fountainhead, those huge yes. kind of buildings. That's what yes. I'm kind of picturing yes. Tim Burton yes. Metropolis would look like. Yeah, like like Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what's funny? If you've got so you've got Tim Burton doing Batman, mm-hmm. and you've got Tim Burton doing Superman. Yep. Does this set the stage for basically this is the Tim Burton DC, DC universe. universe? And I love the idea that like Tim, you need to do Green Lantern. He's like, I did it. I made Mars attacks. That's pretty much <laughs> my Green done. Lantern. That's done. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's really like what they did with Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. like years later when they sort of hand over. The range. Yeah, and it, it, for better or worse, becomes Zack Snyder's DC yeah, Universe. Exactly. And maybe they have to spend several years trying to get out of that. <laughs> so, and that, 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 yeah, it's an interesting point and something that we're actually going to touch on later on. So, this at the moment, very Superman y, you know, mm. very comic book y. And Tim Burton perhaps wanted to strip some of that out of it oh, and make really? it more Tim Burton y. But we'll get onto that later. Let's okay, get back into the film because Superman, by the way, has died. So days have passed since Superman's death. Metropolis, the crowds are enormous, all wearing black armbands emblazoned with Superman's S-shield. Now, this is a nice if touch. If there's one thing you don't want, you don't want a whole bunch of people with, like, SS on their arm <laughs> walking around a city. Well, this is a nice touch and proof of the comic book geek that is Kevin oh, it, Smith. Because this, there's a very famous This image. is, if it's not become clear yet, this is based on the storyline, The, the Death, Death of Superman, Superman. Yeah. Uh, which was the thing that saved comics in the 90s, this big event that shocked everyone, Superman died. They're going to adapt into the movie. Only a couple of years after it happened at this point. Oh, Because it happened in close? like 92, 93, and this is like oh, wow. 96, 97. But when you brought a copy of the death of Superman, which was in a little foil case, you got a black armband with a Superman logo on it as like a thing that you could wear to say, look, I've got the death of Superman comic. And I think it's a great little nod to the comic that people are wearing the black armband. Good on you, Kevin. So everyone scrambles to get a look in as a horse-drawn carriage in the midst of which is a casket. And the top is open to reveal Superman. Eyes closed, peaceful, his cape hangs over the lid. We intercut this with scenes of Brainiac and Alron talking on their ship. Brainiac explains that Lex's use to them is coming to an end and that they won't need him much longer. And once this happens, they'll kill Lex Luthor. Oh. Now, Cat Grant is interviewing Lois Lane live on the news. Lois publicly calls out Lex for vilifying Superman and mentions her work friend Clark Kent is also missing. <laughs> Presumed to have been killed during the battle days ago. No one turned up to his funeral, though. No. (laughs) What a loser. (laughs) But suddenly, Eden, and this will blow your mind, everyone's gathered in Metropolis in their version of Times Square, essentially. Suddenly, the image of the funeral is interrupted by a familiar symbol. The bat signal. Oh, what? (laughs) And it gives away. The screens are all taken over. The bat symbol appears on the screen. And it gives way to a shadowy figure. Now. What? This is cool. Now, we're about to get a cameo here. 
Okay. From the Cape, the Cape Crusader. Cape Crusader, yeah. Here is what I've seen online a fair bit, is fan art of, of people kind of imagining a world in which the uh, Nick Cage Superman is kind of fighting crime with the Michael Keaton Batman. Have yep. you ever seen these mashups that people yep. do? Yep. That seems to be the popular one. Like, oh, imagine the world's finest from the 90s. Yeah. Here's my point. Okay. This is 1996, 1997. Yep. Michael Keaton wasn't Batman. Who was Batman at that point? Uh, let's see, 96, 97. What, Val Kilmer? George Clooney. Was it George? <laughs> George Clooney was Batman at this point. So Hang I on, know this isn't- people like to imagine that it would have been Michael Keaton. But if they were making this at the same time that they were making Batman and Robin, they're not getting Michael Keaton. They're getting George Clooney. So the screens all get taken over and Batman suddenly appears from out the shadows. Good evening, Metropolis. It's uh, with a heavy heart that I offer you my and Gotham's deepest condolences. I apologize for my absence. But with the loss of the sun, I am all that opposes the criminal element of my city, who've seized upon the cover of darkness to further their evil purposes. The guardian of your city, of the world, held Metropolis and its inhabitants very near to his heart. It's been said that he fought a never-ending battle of truth, justice, and the American way. Honor this fallen soldier well by keeping his memory alive in the face of this adversity. And from this day forward, we forever shoulder the burden of a world without a Superman. That's a nice little message from Batman. That's great. <laughs> That's a great little Batman cameo. That's fantastic. And you know what that, that paints to me? Given the right script... Man, Clooney would have made a great Batman. <laughs> yeah, well, if it, and there wasn't one like boing or, or anything in there. So, yes, on the giant screen, the Dark Knight withdraws back into the shadows until he's completely unseen. Classic Batman. Just so Batman just disappears. And on the way out, he goes, my mom was also called Martha. <laughs> See you also, later. I, also, I won't be coming back in the movie. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> but great little, great little Easter egg. I think that's fantastic. But... Everyone's reeling from this, audience included, when suddenly, over the top of the giant screen, a hover skiff rises, sending the crowd into a panic. Aboard the craft is Brainiac, now decked out in an alien garb, uh, and he's replete with face-obstructing helmet and Lex with his arm draped over Brainiac's shoulder. So they're, they're descending down from this hang hover on, skiff. Hang on, hang on, hang on. What is it? Lex has his arm over his shoulder. Over Brainiac's shoulder. Like. To be like, look, it's my buddy. Like hover hand style. Oh, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't touch me, Lex. And Lex has just got his hand. We're not friends. Slightly over his <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good. But yeah, so, so they've come down they've into, come down, into yeah. the memorial oh, of Superman. That's that's in bad taste, Cambo. Sometimes I think that Lex didn't really respect <laughs> Superman. Not at all. So yeah, um, so yeah, they've dressed Brainiac up to be a little more alien-esque. Okay. I mean, he already has a huge head. I don't know yeah, quite how they're making him more alien. But uh, yeah, so they, they come down on a hover skiff into the memorial for Superman. And the crowd is aghast. And then Lex steps up to the podium. People of Metropolis, this is a great day in our planet's history. Today, you will learn of a secret 
too long kept by myself and Superman. Superman's job was not to protect our city, but instead to pave a way for an amazing new era in this planet's history. Has the old man finally lost it? I think it's worse than that. Over the last two years, Superman and I have been working closely to prepare this world for its introduction to more extraterrestrials like himself. And, like the being I now present to you, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the true power behind our fallen man of steel, Rayak. Today marks a terrible day for our planet, Krypton. A Superman, as you call him, was a herald of the highest order, having gone before me to many planets, preparing them for first contact. I stand before you now in the spirit of hope and peace. Keep it up, they're buying it. His true mission was kept a secret from you, to protect you until you are ready to accept aliens into your world. Sorrowfully, my Harold gave his life fighting a foul menace, weakening the beast so that I was able to vaporize it using the power of my ship above. The creature was from a race of warmongers that designated this planet for annihilation, but in concert with Superman and Lex Luthor, I've been able to blanket your planet in darkness to protect you from the approaching hordes. What is he talking about? Is he saying that you two, what, blocked out the sun? Miss Lane, let the deity speak. Using materials provided by Lex Luthor and my own advanced technology, I fashioned a device to enshroud the planet in a darkness that will provide camouflage. From what? From them. Suddenly, the dark skies above shimmer, and an armada of ships can be seen moving slowly through space, patrolling. With the multitude of spacecraft visible, it would appear as if Earth is under attack. Do not fear. We are not visible to the armada. The forced eclipse that darkens the skies is what keeps us hidden. The menace above cannot detect your world and will slowly pass through your galaxy within days. Once they have moved on, I will end the eclipse and bring back the sun. Until that time, LexCorp Energy will fuel the planet and LexCorp Industrial Services will keep the world operating smoothly as if the sun had never left. Brainiac is saying, look, I was working with Superman. And in fact, the creature that killed him, there a horde of them are coming to Earth, and I've hidden it by blocking out the sun. Yeah, it's it's a good little twist yeah. on the, like, we're actually buddies and I'm helping you guys. And here's the thing. Hit me. It's all a lie. Eden. Oh, are you kidding the me? The Armada is a hoax. I, being projected by the skull ship up in the sky. What sort of technology <laughs> does this man have? I cannot stress this enough. There is. No armada. Are you kidding me? I know. So he's got a, some sort of, he's got a really big projector. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's his advanced alien technology. No, no, he's, got, he's gone down to JB. <laughs> he's picked up a projector. 
Yes, uh, welcome to JB. What can I help you with? Uh, I need some kind of projector. Oh, we got projector. Yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, no, wait, wait, wait. It needs to project around the whole world. <laughs> um, and what sort of things are you projecting? Mainly armadas. <laughs> Do you have any preset armada animations? Perhaps looping. Good. But yes, no, okay, it's, it's, a, it's a hoax. It's, it's so a Brainiac has tricked the world. Brainiac and Lex have tricked the world saying, we're protecting you. We're the heroes now. We're protecting you from this invading army. And Superman was on our side. So are they simulcasting this to like Iceland and like yeah. Japan and <laughs> yeah, everything yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, Is yeah. everyone, because otherwise they're well, just like, what the I, hell? I assume similar to like a Princess Diana situation uh, maybe it's being oh. maybe it's being telecast yeah you've got elton john there because yeah. it's the mid 90s what else is anyone doing that's actually true yeah candle of the winds playing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good good so we'll give them that okay it was we'll the mid 90s yeah, we'll if, if a funeral's on tv you'd watch it. everyone would watch yeah. it okay cool. so at this time we now cut to the fortress of solitude and superman's craft the craft that brought him to earth springs to life it starts up a sequence and Superman's body in Metropolis starts vibrating. And his body is teleported, and it's described like this Star Trek style. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, from his, his crypt in, in the Metropolis to the Fortress of Solitude. Now, we see dreamlike visions of Jor-El, and he's talking to his son. We see flashes of the destruction of Krypton and the arrival of Superman on Earth. All of this in a dreamy, no, cerebral kind of uh, context. Flashes of the creature known as the Eradicator, which was mentioned this is, last yeah. episode. Now, jor voice warns the Eradicator and uh, Superman of Brainiac. Superman lays in a Kryptonian resurrection chamber. Arms folded over his chest. He is immersed in a gelatinous green mass. The old blue and red togs are gone, replaced by a black resurrection oh, suit. That's the cool suit. By the way, just quickly, tick, getting rid of the, the, yeah, the Superman suit. suit. Yeah, good. Tick, tick, yeah, tick. Good. Then there are ripples along the surface of the gelatin within the resurrection chamber, and suddenly, Superman's eyes flick open. Greetings, son of Jormel. It has been some time since we last met. Your hardware has improved, and now you wear clothes. I... I saw my father, Jor-El. It was like... my life flashed before my eyes. But it was from a part of my life I, I, I don't remember. Krypton. I've never seen it. I saw my birth parents, but not Ma and Pa, and Lois. Why didn't I see her? You think your final reflection would include the most important person in your life? Perhaps because your reflection was far from final. I'm alive. I'm alive! Ha <laughs> oh. ha! That was just a dream? A message. Downloaded into your cerebral cortex while you were in the resuscitation bath. You were on Krypton too. With my father. How did you get here? How's the craft that brought you to this planet years ago? The rocket. How? My programming allows me to shapeshift into any form of equal mass to my own humanoid structure. 
The rocket was only large enough to carry a child, a factor that prevented me from transporting your parents, as well as yourself. You've been in the fortress all this time, and I didn't know it? Wait, 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 wait. Did you ever see Lois and I while we, uh... <clears throat> well, why the hell did you never say anything? I was programmed to lie dormant, until such a time that your vital signs waned. That's never been a factor until now. I'm... I'm remembering now. The, the sun was blocked. My father warned me about a, a threat from Krypton in the message. Brainiac! Is that the creature I was fighting? No. Brainiac is far more dangerous than that beast. Then I've got to bring him down. Where's my suit? We've got to get back to Metropolis. Your powers are still gone. Will they return? Once we get away from the shadowed Earth and closer to the sun, you should be back online. This ship will be taking us off-world in less than an hour. Whoa, 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 whoa. Leave? We must find another world where the sun affects you as it did here. But what about Brainiac? I can't leave all these people behind. When Earth was chosen as your home, it was so that your powers would manifest and place you above its inhabitants, not so that you could be their champion. No, no. We're staying here and fighting Brainiac. I don't care if I really die this time. Fortunately, that will never be a factor. The program your father imparted to me before we left the dying Krypton was to ensure your longevity. I can't die. As long as I function? No. Then all the more reason to go after this Brainiac character. I'm not letting him do to Earth what he did to Krypton. Brainiac has come to this planet to hunt me. He desires my perpetual battery, and he will destroy this world if he must to acquire it. That endangers your life, which is against my programming. We must find you a new home. Earth is my home! You expect me to just leave it behind? Leave Lois? Just to save myself? Yes. This race is as good as extinct, Kal-El. You cannot save them now. I have to at least try. That's in my programming. The first order of business would be to remove whatever's blocking the sun. But, apparently, I'm unable to fly, which leaves the question of how to reach that thing. Okay, fair bit going on there. Yeah. Number one, Superman's alive. Okay. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in he's his back, own movie, movie, he comes he's back. back halfway through. We ticked. His suit is gone. He yep. now has the black resurrection suit. Now, we've also now met the Eradicator, who was hinted at in episode one. And oh, so come here. that's the Eradicator. That's the Eradicator. And the Eradicator, as it turns out, was the ship, ship that, brought him, that as a baby. brought him as a baby. And it's kind of this artificial intelligence robot that can shape shift. So he said, I transformed into the ship to carry you. Wasn't big enough to carry your parents. Yeah. And I've been laying here dormant until such a time as you need Watching you me. have sex with Lois. Yes. <laughs> quietly. Very Kevin Smith kind of yeah, joke yeah, to add yeah, in, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. But that's, it's, for someone that's like this robot sort of psychic thing, mm. 
That's far too cool a name, the Eradicator. The Eradicator. Like that sounds like a ba- like a villain name, yeah. the Eradicator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not some guy that can turn into a baby, yeah, the, like yeah. a pram. So the <laughs> an intergalactic pram. Though, if if you had a kid and you were going out pram shopping, would you buy the Eradicator pram? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, <laughs> you want to put your baby in yeah. the Eradicator or <laughs> Nanny McPhee. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Eradicator is a Kryptonian artificial intelligence. So Superman has worked out that we need to get up there and destroy the satellite and my and then I'll get my back, powers back. But I can't fly. How will I get up there? I love it that he literally says out loud, I can't fly. Yeah. Which is, exa- <laughs> which is like point two. Like, yeah, we don't want I him flying. I can't fly. fly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in my, my suit. suit. He literally says it out loud. Only one to go, Eden. Oh, Only yes. one to do, go. Do you know what that is? Well, yeah. we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's see if it pans out. So Superman looks toward a small two-man ship and then back at the Eradicator. The and two back to the ship. Take off to foil Brainiac's plans. Oh, okay, good. So once they're gone, Brainiac and Alron show up outside the Fortress of Solitude. After defeating two polar bear guards at the entrance. Hang on. Hang on, Kevin. You can't yeah. just... What? Yeah, yeah. After they defeat two polar bear guards at the entrance, they enter to discover that they've <laughs> just missed Superman and the Eradicator. Now, Eden, do you have any questions about that? Since when does Superman mm-hmm. have polar bear guards? Great question. Shall we get Kevin Smith to explain? Oh, please do. So, Brainiac's looking for him the Forge of Solitude, and something should happen there. There should be a big fucking fight. I'm like, but Superman's dead at this point. He's like, I know, I know, but can't Brainiac fight something else up there? And I was like, well, like what? He's like, what about like Superman's guards as soldiers? And I'm like, why, why would Superman need guards? You know, he's, he's Superman. He's... And plus it's called the Fortress of Solitude. Nobody's up there. And he said, well, Jesus Christ. He's going, how about, what about, where is it? It's in the Antarctic? I said, yeah. He's like, what about polar bears? And I was like, polar bears? He said, yeah, have them have fight some polar bears. Brainiac shows up. He's trying to get in the fortress. Polar bears come at him, and he just fucking kills one, and one runs away. Because we don't want to piss off the PETA people. And I said, you want me to write a scene where Brainiac is razzling polar bears? And he says, yeah, you know anything about polar bears? And I said, no, I don't. He's like, polar bears are the fiercest killers in the animal kingdom. So that That's is, good. by way of That's explanation, good. why there is a random polar bear fight Love it. at the Fortress of Solitude. Love it. I, John Peters sounds simultaneously like he'd be so much fun and the worst person to ever hang <laughs> out with. <laughs> Especially if you're writing his film. Yeah, oh, and yeah, he's yeah. just throwing You don't want to be writing you. his film, but you want to be around when someone, someone else, else is. is writing it, yeah. <laughs> so back in Metropolis... Uh, Lex Luthor is has just uncovered Brainiac's plan to betray him. Uh, at, you know, at Brainiac's earliest convenience, he now discovers, oh my god, Brainiac is going to betray him. Oh, so he like yep. overhears it or but something. Luthor had actually planned on betraying Brainiac himself, so double they were both going to betray each betrayal. other. Classic. But he decides not to act on it just yet. He's also at this point agreed to an interview with the Daily Planet. With uh, Lois Lane, Sandra Bullock, and Jimmy Olsen, Chris Rock. So while Misty leaves the three alone, uh, Lois decides to confront Lex and get their interview. 
Well, well, well. Metropolis' own voice of dissent. If I'm the mouthpiece, wouldn't that make you the other cavity? Good old Lois. Always a quipper, aren't you? You want something to print in that rag you work for? Print this. This anti-brainiac rhetoric you've been spouting both today and in the pages of the planet is dangerous. I only pray that your columns continue to be read as merely a socio-political criticism and not as an act of sedition. Sedition? Since when is an opinion considered sedition? What do you think those huge ships are? Parade floats? If you unsettle Brainiac with your mistrust, you put this planet in peril. There's not a government on Earth that wouldn't call that sedition. So we wait out in the cold and dark bestowed upon us by an alien who's supposedly protecting us from other aliens. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. Is that any different from what Superman did? You were his greatest advocate, Miss Lane. And when in death, his true agenda is revealed. You turn against your man of steel's own master? <laughs> the day I believe Superman was in league with Brainiac is the day I quit the city desk and take over the planet's horoscope page. Then start watching the stars, young lady. You've already got most of the world doing that. <laughs> this will probably be a good time to take that photo, Mr. Luther. What you say? Lex Luther rounds the desk to scoot next to Lois Lane. I'm sure if Miss Lane had it her way, this photo would appear on the obituary p- page. Under the heading, Luther. Finally. Outcold. <laughs> Lex drops to the ground. Outcold. Reveal. Lois is palming a small needle that resembles a joy buzzer. Um, how long we got? Dr. Hamilton said about five minutes. Do your thing, kid. I think I found something. Jimmy accesses a file marked AI. He opens it and we get a gist of his backstabbing plan toward Brainiac. Well, well, well. Seems the old weasel's not such a maniac for Brainiac after all. <laughs> that could be helpful down the road. Jimmy pops a disc into the computer, downloading the file. What happened? You passed out, Lex. Must be all the stress. Lois motions to Jimmy, who jumps away from the computer, grabbing the disc. Must be. Although I wouldn't discount the effect you've been known to have on men, Miss Lane. My girlish charm. Your devilish... Lex notices that his computer is turned on. Inquisitiveness. Lex looks sharply at Lois. She shrugs. Then Lois grabs Jimmy and sprints towards the balcony. Lex punches the intercom. Security! Sail all exits now! Yes, so Lois and uh, and Jimmy Olsen have discovered something's going on between Brainiac and Lex. Can I just ask, yeah. how did you get the actual Chris Rock to record lines for you? Okay, we have uh, we have connections here at Council Mate, Movie Report. Amazing. Amazing <laughs> you like stuff. that one? Yeah, good. Such a small part, but it's it kind of jumps Pivotal. out of the Chris Pivotal. Rock. <laughs> Love it. So yeah, uh, at this point there's a bit of a, a bit of an action sequence where uh, where Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen escape from the LexCorp Tower. They're being chased by guards and they just narrowly escape. Now, at the same time, Superman and the Eradicator are in space, and they're inspecting the satellite Shadowcaster. They can't seem to find a weakness, and their plan to destroy the satellite fails. They, they, they can't quite do it. And again, it, it's it's like a mini kind of, not so much an action sequence, but they're trying to work out how to, yeah. but they can't do it. So they, they actually end up kind of falling, and, and they crash back to Earth 
on Coast City, where a now powerless man of steel sees a family in a burning building, and he wants to rush in and help. Now, the Eradicator steps back, and he morphs into a dazzling display of body armor. Oh. And Superman steps in. Hang on. Is this... Is this... is this Iron Man-esque? Yes. What? So, with the help of the Eradicator, who conveniently can mimic Superman's powers... Oh, of course. Superman helps the family, and then he flies back to Metropolis, where he knows that Lois and Jimmy are trying to expose Brainiac and, and their intentions... So is the satellite still in space? Yes. So, the satellite was there. They, was tried, to, they tried to destroy it. They couldn't. couldn't. It all went wrong. They crashed they into crashed Coast back. City. Yep. And at that point, the Eradicator, for some reason, didn't mention this earlier, but it's like, hey, I can morph into a suit of armor for you. Yeah, and basically give you your powers back. But this is, okay. again, let's tick the rules. What Kevin Smith has essentially done here, He's being like, well, you don't want him to fly, yeah. you don't want him in the suit. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give him a suit of armor that does everything that he does anyway. He's found a loophole. He's found a loophole. Okay, uh, technically, yeah. he's not flying. Yeah. So he is now inside the Eradicator. He's wearing the Eradicator as a suit of armor. We now cut back to Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. They're in Lois's apartment and they've worked out the whole plot, Brainiac and Lex Luthor and what they're working. And Lois has a camera trained on her and they're about to hack into the system and broadcast around the world and expose the truth. I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. She presses the button on the remote and the camera's red light turns on all throughout Metropolis on TV screens and even on Brainiac's skull ship. The visual of Lois phases in through static. People of Metropolis, for weeks we've watched the skies dreading an invasion from aliens. But the real invasion took place when Superman died. He was not the minion of Brainiac. He died fighting the minion of Brainiac. I do not carry any torch that Superman may still be alive. I watched him die protecting our world one last time. But his spirit is still alive. It's alive in those who always saw through Brainiac's lies. Jimmy barges through the rooftop door and rushes to the power shed. All along the wall hang a series of power grids, all matched by a huge lever. Jimmy pulls out a schematic from his bag, looking for the right switch. Just keep talking, Miss Lane. Just keep talking. Perry White and other reporters watch the ceiling-hung TV. It's alive in all of you watching this. To whom I say, the Armada is a hoax. So I urge you, the people of Metropolis, go outside, look to the skies, For tonight, we reveal the lies sold to you by Brainiac and Lex. Because if... If Superman... If he were here, he would have done this for us. Since he's not, we do this... For him. For Superman. Jimmy tries to figure out which lever to pull. He shrugs. For Superman! He pulls them all. This won't surprise you, Eden. This enrages Brainiac. Oh, really? He's been exposed. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to short-circuit everything, broadcast around the world, and essentially make the Amada disappear. That's what they're planning to do. And it does start to disappear. And Brainiac 
he turns his wrath onto the public and he starts firing through all of his weapons down at the people. <laughs> Just all of them. Yeah. And also at this point, Alron comes in and he kidnaps Lois Lane. He breaks into the apartment. He kidnaps Lois Lane. So, so that sidekick, right? We haven't heard. He doesn't speak or anything, does he? He does speak in the script. But uh, just he's just not been in any of the scenes. scenes yeah, but his name's Elron. Elron. L dash R O N. Elron. And is that a reference to Elron Hubbard? Hubbard? I don't know. That's what, that's all I keep <laughs> yeah. thinking of when I think of that. Uh, so yeah, so Brainiac is like attacking the city. Lois Lane has been kidnapped, and the civilians are being saved by the incognito Superman. But Superman knows what's up, and he heads up to the skull ship where Brainiac, Alron, and Lex Luthor are all holding Lois Lane hostage. Border Patrol, I hear we've got an illegal alien here. Brainiac's hand reconfigures into something pointy and deadly. He holds it at Lois's head. Step out of my technology, Kryptonian. Oh. I get painfully intimate with the woman. Superman goes to strike. No, Kal-El. I can take him! You can't. He's rendered himself electro-radioactive. If we touch him, the power surge will kill you. Even within me. The Eradicator opens and Superman steps out. Then, the suit morphs into the Eradicator again. It's been some time, Eradicator. But here we are again. The pride of Jurel and the pride of Kalu. The killer of Krypton is more appropriate. I have waited decades and such galaxies, all in pursuit of this moment, and now you're mine. It is your aim to absorb my technology and become all powerful, I would imagine? And they call me Brainiac. But aren't you worried? What could possibly worry me? When I attempted to interface with your Shadowcaster device, I was contaminated, temporarily shut down. What if the same thing happens to you when you attempt to absorb my technology into yours? What if your technology is too advanced to interface with mine? You think it's advanced? The irony is how primitive it is compared to your own. You have no doubt overthought on the Shadowcaster, when in reality, you should have approached it as a child's toy. A child's toy? Certainly! It's Earth hardware, crossed with my own clue and technology. Its systems are so far beneath your own capabilities that a simple binary synapsis would have bypassed any contaminant factor. And they call you Brainiac. The Eradicator quickly morphs back into the suit, grabbing Superman and hurling the Man of Steel into himself. For this insolence, I will erase your memory banks, machine! I'm not a machine. You are. The suit leaps into the air, rocketing out of the Citadel. Lex grabs his phone. I want the jet fueled and standing by now! The Pajama Boy is back! Hear me, son of Jarrell! Your guardian may have saved your life, but he just damned two more to hell! <laughs> oh, mate, there's a lot, lot happening there. Yeah, yeah, a lot happening. So, uh, by the way, in case it hadn't been picked up earlier... Uh, it does heavily indicate here that Brainiac was the one who destroyed Krypton. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes, we got that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was somewhat signposted early when he said, I watched them die, die screaming yeah. or whatever. But yes, he met the Eradicator when he destroyed Jerk. Krypton. Jerk for this. And essentially the Eradicator has tricked him. 
Yeah, because he got him. He did the. He got a monologuing. Yeah, yeah. He got him monologuing, and yeah, he's and revealed how to turn off the. Yes, the exactly. Shadow so the Eradicator has gone. You know what? I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm do exactly. <laughs> I might what you said. just do that. Thank you. So the Eradicator retreats into space with Superman in tow, but separate from him. He separates from him, and the Eradicator manages to to destroy the satellite. But to do so, he needs to crash into it and destroy himself. What? Yeah, so so to, you know how he's saying like Brainiac was saying like it, it, it's so primitive that like you could have done it with a synapsis, right? Simple synapsis, but to do that that will kill the eradicator. So he 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 can stop the satellite but he will sacrifice himself. I'm like I thought the eradicator was like better than that. I yeah, thought, I look, thought just a just a just a satellite they'd be able to If if I if I had to take a guess at the mechanics behind this, mm. it is that Kevin Smith has got around the things he needs to get, get around, around, and now he doesn't need the Eradicator yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, the Eradicator he destroys the satellite, but in doing so, he also destroys himself. But the now abundant sunlight instantly restores <laughs> Superman's powers. Yeah. He returns to the Skull Ship. Superman is now repowered, and he returns to the Skull Ship to confront Brainiac. And suddenly, he's met by something. I want you to get that checklist out, Eden. Okay. What, what, we what, what, okay. what, what were the rules? So, okay. Don't want to see him fly. Didn't want to see him fly. Get rid of that suit. Get rid of the suit. Now, and there was a third, third rule. rule. I'm just trying to think back. I said, but the giant spider intrigues me. <laughs> why, uh, why that? And he's like, do you know anything about spiders? And I said, I mean, no. And he said, well, they're the fiercest killers in the insect kingdom. <laughs> So I went back to Warner Brothers and sat down with them, and they said, he, uh, we heard from him, he likes you, uh, we're going to hire you, you're going to move forward. Did he bring up the spider? I said, he did, he brought up the spider. He tell you guys about the spider? They're like, every day with the fucking spider. I said, what should I do? They're like, just do it, but try not to call it a spider. Call it, can you call it something else? And I was just like, Thanagarian snare beast? And they were like, there, go. So at this point, Eden, a Thargarian snare beast has grown. And here's the thing. This is is where it starts to get quite inexplicable. Does it actually say that in the script? Yep. Yeah, that's what it's called (laughs) in the script. It's Thargarian snare beast. So it resembles a cross between a squid and a spider, Spider. uh, but very biomechanical and sleek. But now at this point, it's inhabited by Brainiac's consciousness. Oh, so, okay. you know, other than the, I guess he was defeated because of the shadow caster and he doesn't have his battery anymore, he's like morphed into this creature. So, yeah, okay. Doesn't make a it whole just, yeah. lot of sense. <laughs> it was like he's in, is it like a suit that he's in or is he just this no, he, creature he, now? No, it's his consciousness. So he that's is going, the creature. Yeah, he yeah, is the okay, creature okay. now. Uh, and the Thargarian Snare Beast grabs Superman. Suddenly, the creature's underbelly opens, letting loose six smaller metallic versions of itself. Superman breaks free of the beast and begins fighting the creatures off, smashing them together, crashing them with his grip. And we hear Lois's shriek. Superman reacts. The Thargarian Snare Beast is trying to eat Lois. The jaws of the creature almost on her head. Superman comes across with a right hook that knocks the creature into the air. Beaten, Superman crawls into the sunlight to try and recharge a little bit, taking in as much as he can. 
and he leaps up at the beast, grabbing hold of the wildly flailing creature. He beats Brainiac out of the beast. <laughs> oh, wow. He punches him so hard he comes he out. He comes out of the beast. One punch man. And punches his fist through Brainiac's chest and out his back. Brainiac convulses as a big punch and dies. Oh, wow. Superman is reunited with Lois and the two deliver Jimmy Olsen's computer evidence over to the police. Then this leads to Lex Luthor's arrest because obviously he was in yeah, on yeah, the plan. Yeah, and he Brainiac- put his little serial numbers yeah, on yeah, his Because yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. he's, he's too yeah, arrogant. He's That's so arrogant, so arrogant. Yes, yeah, so Superman is punched <laughs> through Brainiac's chest. chest and killed him. And then Lex Luthor has been arrested. But in the final scene... Alron is in the damaged skull ship picking up the remains of Brainiac. <gasps> the end. Oh. That is Superman Lives, as written Whoa. by Kevin Smith. Okay. How are Let's you feeling it about it? It's, look, it's got some cool bits. I'm feeling pretty good about it, actually, Kevin. I'm feeling pretty good. I actually think it, it has its little issues, and the ending's a little bit inexplicable, mm. though- not really Kevin Smith's fault. He was yeah, instructed really, yeah, yeah, exactly. to put a giant spider in the end. Yeah. So Brainiac turning into a giant spider is is an inevitability. Yeah. Sorry, not a spider, obviously. A no, Thangarian no, no, snare beast. beast. Yeah, correct. So but, uh, you know what? I I don't mind it. I think it's uh, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's I think the casting is inspired. Yeah, and I think that in itself makes like just fills you with joy. I think the other thing that's interesting is it doesn't feel. I know this was in the 90s, but it doesn't feel like all the millions of superhero films that we sort of have. There's just a little bit more to it, mm. I think, like in terms of the dialogue, in terms of yeah. how it's sort of, I don't know, just the, the way that Brainiac is like is like framed as like, oh, no, who's actually helping us? And then it, there's a double cross there yeah. and things like that. Like, I don't know, there's just a bit more going on. But the other thing, like in terms of plot holes, though, mm-hmm. like I know you've got this satellite called the Shadowcaster, yeah. but if he can fly up into space... Like the sun is there. You go Isn't, around you go, the shadow caster. They're, they're literally at the shadow caster. So yeah. ergo, you go two feet on the other side of the shadow <laughs> yeah. caster and you're in sun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then and that, then at that point, punch the shadow caster. Yeah, because then you'd have your powers back. I just don't understand yeah. that logic. That's it's a great point, and I don't have an answer for you. I'm afraid. Oh, come on, Cambo. <laughs> But that 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 is our thoughts on it. But do you want to hear the actual coverage that this script got? So when you oh, hand yeah. a script into Warner Brothers, they provide someone will read it and they'll provide coverage for I guess the higher ups to read to get an idea. It's like a book report essentially. Yep. And recently on Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man Beyond, he read the original coverage that this script received. Oh, he found it. This is coverage um, written in uh, October sixteenth, nineteen ninety six. Written by Susan Craig, story analyst Susan Craig, based on my 45-page treatment for Superman Lives. Kevin Smith is an inspired choice to relaunch the Superman franchise. Why the fuck isn't Susan Craig running shit at Warner Brothers, Mark? (laughs) Clearly, this is a woman ahead of her time. she, She saw the future. In this document, (laughs) one of the most appealing aspects of this treatment is the balance between human elements and huge hardware action type elements, between suspense and humor, between battling the bad guys and watching intriguing relationships like Superman and the Eradicator and Superman and Lois unfold. 
Because this story grows out of likable characters who share convincing ideals, this one has a Star Warsian greatness to it. Susan fucking Craig, Mark, is the smartest person in Hollywood. What did this was in 96? I hope to God Susan Craig like became a, a studio head that I just didn't hear about or something like that. <laughs> Um, Star Warsian greatness, she said. My God. Subversively funny and filled with a kind of we can make the world a better place team commitment. This story ought to appeal on a worldwide basis. Gratefully, there is nothing goofy or campy about this solar powered Superman who knows who he is and what he wants. It is also delightful that some traditional values are so beautifully surrounded by an emphasis on things that are very contemporary, such as computers, holographs shape-shifting, etc. In the first draft, the key will Computers, be... Computers, plastic, <laughs> the wheel. The future is yours. Other technologies. Uh, this efficient treatment sees Superman in a witty human way with a unique vision that is evident in the storyline, the characters, the dialogue, and perhaps most telling, the tone. It promises to recharge the franchise with wit, wisdom, eye-popping visuals, and a rowdy sense of good fun as the hero faces the biggest challenge of all, the loss of freedoms that make life worth living. Bro, doesn't that sound like a good fucking Superman movie? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. That was the official coverage from Warner Brothers when he handed this. So That's positive amazing. reaction. Yeah, big time. What went wrong? Yeah, what happened, Cambo? Well, enter Tim Burton. <laughs> Ah. Enter Tim Burton. Tim Burton signs on to direct based on this script. And that is where the cracks start to appear. And ultimately where they're going to crumble completely. Tim. But again, we've been relying heavily on Kevin to, to tell this, but he's talked about so much that there's such great insight from him. So this is what he said about the process of once Tim Burton came on. Tim Burton and Nick Cage sign on based on my draft. And I was kind of excited. I said, that's, that's kind of neat. You know, fucking Tim Burton, Batman, and Nick Cage, you know. Fucking Nick Cage. <laughs> but um, when Tim Burton got signed on to the project, Tim Burton signed a pay-or-play deal, which essentially means no matter what happens, Tim Burton gets paid whatever his directing fee was. I think at that point it was $10 million bucks, 5 to $10 million. Um, Tim Burton, once he signs the deal, turns around and says, I'm going to bring on my guys to write a script. And the Warner Brothers guys were like, well, what about the script we're developing. And he said, I don't want to use that. I want to do my own script. Presumably a version of Superman where he has scissors for hands. <laughs> so they turn around, they tell me, like, Kevin, we're, we're kind of done. Tim wants to go another way with, with a new writer. Tim Burton came in and kind of like, I guess, like a philistine. Was like, throw at everything. I'm, I'm going to take it, it from now. here. And he brought on his own team of writers, one of which was Dan Gilroy and uh, Wesley Strick, who uh, Dan Gilroy is the other version of the script that is out there. And it, it went under heavy, heavy rewrites. So one of the co-writers of this, Wesley Strick, he has talked a little bit about the process of coming on to this movie, knowing that they're going to start again from scratch and, and the direction that they were going to head in and, and what they should do with the Kevin Smith version. I got involved because I had worked with Tim on Batman Returns about six years earlier. I ended up staying for the whole shoot because he felt like he needed a writer at his side through the 
process. I, I remember him sort of complaining about making superhero movies. He compared it to Chinese water torture. I, I knew that there was a Kevin Smith script. I, I read it without any um, preconceived idea about it. But as I read it, I, I, there was a lot about it. It wasn't sort of clicking with me. It's because I'm not a sort of Superman fanboy. I hadn't read any of the Death of Superman graphic novels. I wasn't up to speed with all that stuff. I was just sort of curious what Tim's take on it was. So we met, I remember we met at the Chateau Marmont in the lobby there. And I said, um, so Tim, I read the Kevin Smith script. And before I was finished with my sentence, he said, I don't want to talk about that script. I was like, okay. So what do you want to tell, like, what do you want to do? And he wasn't sure. Well, great. Great. Great, mate. All Excellent. of that yeah. sounds pitch fucking perfect, doesn't it? It's just... So it's literally a case of why would you sign on for something where there's a script and they're yeah. developing if you go, if you have no intention of using any of that? First of all, he signed on to it saying that he hates making superhero films. They're like Chinese water torture. And then he brings people in to read the script and they're like, I didn't like it. I'm not really a Superman fan. I didn't really know what any of this was. Didn't appeal to me. What? No shit, it didn't appeal to yeah, you. Yeah, because what? And then, so, but then concurrently, though, you've also got Nicolas Cage who's read the script and goes, I really like that yeah. script, so I want to do that film. I want yeah. to do that Superman film. So the, it was heavily rewritten uh, before the filming was set to begin, and the new draft stripped away many of the more exciting scenes in, <laughs> in the screenplay. And now it was cancelled shortly before shooting was scheduled to start because Tim wasn't happy with any of the scripts because it had been rewritten again and again and again. And it got to the point where Warner Brothers couldn't afford the monetary risk of producing it, especially after the financial losses of films like Batman and Robin and The Postman and Fire Down Below and Steel. Oh, Steel. <laughs> yeah, fucking Steel. Really, The Postman came out then. So it's so it's actually uh, old mate what, Kevin Costner, Kevin Costner yeah, who eventually ended up being in a Superman. Film. Oh yeah, it's all, it's all, it's all connected yeah. to Superman. So yeah, it, it just kept getting rewritten and stripped and stripped and stripped by Tim Burton, who to me didn't want to make a Superman this? film. No, at all. So and, if if he's getting pay or pay like pay or play, yeah, then. He if, walks away and gets paid. If I was getting pay or play, I'd sell on to every movie. 100%. And then just walk away. That sounds <laughs> like, like oh, a I scam. I can't make this work. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds like the biggest scam in Hollywood history. Because he's like, cool, I'll come on, uh, strip that away, get rid of the script, start again, strip all the action sequence out of it. You know what? I'm not happy with this. I'm out. Because you know what? It actually does sound like a Tim Burton film. You know, like the the snake oil salesman that yeah. comes into town <laughs> and his little thing? He goes, I'll direct your film, see? And then he skips town. But I can understand it. Like all, all the, all the, concept art that is available online and in the link in the description like there's his version of Brainiac which is very Tim Burton-y almost like a Mars Attacks kind of alien yeah, yeah. the design of it uh, and I, I can picture a lot of they've got designs of the uh, small uh, spider Brainiac creatures and stuff as well I can picture a lot of it being very Tim, Tim Burton-y Burton yeah. but it also seems like he didn't want to make a Superman Super film at all I think he wanted to make a film maybe about a weird alien outsider kind of thing Oh, yeah, that's Because the, the script that, that we went through, it seems like a very kind of earnest, you know, salt-of-the-earth kind of Superman tale based on a lot of comic lore. Yeah, but based on the Family-friendly adventure yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess Tim Burton just wasn't interested in making that. He is, to be honest, people are like, why did it get cancelled? Tim Burton. Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton. <laughs> Tim Burton is the reason why. this movie got cancelled. So the money that was going to be used in making Superman Lives 
went into making another film that was released in 1999. It went into making Wild Wild West. But I was really reminded the next summer when I went to the movies and saw a movie that John Peters had produced. And it was called The Wild Wild West. So I'm sitting in the theater watching the movie. I'm like, good Lord, this is a piece of shit. But then all of a sudden, like a giant fucking spider shows up. Jumping he, his, he got his spider. He got his giant spider. <laughs> Someone actually wrote it into a billboard. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So... Here's the thing. Tim Burton departs this project because he's not happy with the scripts that he destroyed. But Nicolas Cage continued to develop this movie even after Tim Burton left the project. And uh, he, he worked with Warner Brothers for a couple of years afterwards. Eventually, Tim Burton would go on to direct Sleepy Hollow in 1999. He left Superman Lives and instead he directed Sleepy Hollow. I feel bad for Nick Cage in this circumstance because yeah. it sounds like he's always wanted to play Superman. He's always wanted to play him. It's his Big favorite fan, character. Yeah. He's got the tattoo. He's named his son Cal. He had Action Comics number one. He he signs onto this script, which is kind of a a new take. Honest to God, fresh. Superman yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Good to go. And then little Art Boy <laughs> oh. wanders in, tears it apart from the inside in what we suspect is a scam to get <laughs> to get money before he goes to the next and town. And then leaves, leaves town. Warner Brothers canceled the project, and they end up rebooting it with the 2006 movie Superman Returns with mm. Brandon Routh as Clark Kent. Yeah. And Kevin Spacey was the only cast member to kind of be attached to both projects and did eventually go on to star as Lex Luthor and then in a in a great little twist turned out to be quite a villain in real life as well. Yeah, really committed to that character. Here's the part that I really love. Nick Cage loves Superman and he's always wanted to play Superman and he did finally get the chance, kind of. Nick Cage in the recent Teen Titans Go to the Movies film is the voice of Superman. Really? And just as a little celebration, I want to play you Nicolas Cage's Superman. (sighs) It's always been my dream to have my own movie. Well, it is important to have dreams, I guess. You guys are goofsters. You mean people think we're jokes? Why do you think there's never been a movie made about you? Well, has there been a movie about you? So many. And more to come. Problem is, you guys are never actually doing anything heroic. If you keep playing the fool, you'll never be seen as real heroes. Anyway, we got to get going. (laughs) Ta-ta. Yeah. Good on him. Good on you, Nick Good on him. Like, it it feels weird to be proud of him. Yeah. But I'm a bit proud of him. He's he's got there in the end. He finally did it. So, what's to be made of it now? I guess a podcast (laughs) is the the answer. There was other projects... Uh, so the Superman Reborn story, which this kind of evolved from, it also did follow the Death of Superman story, but there were some notable departures between the two versions. Uh, one is the fact that Brainiac arrives on Earth. Uh, he and Lex Luthor eventually merge into a single entity dubbed Luthiac. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. And in that draft, Lois doesn't know about the dual identity of Clark Kent and Superman, which seems to me like... 
a step. But, I think Lois is not a bad character in this film. No, she's like she's going out being proactive. She punches Lex in the face. Yeah, she is kidnapped, which is a trope that is maybe yeah. a bit overused. Yeah. But she punches Lex in the face. She goes out and investigates. Yeah. She works everything she's out. Trip it, yeah. Whereas it sounds like in this one, she's just damsel in distress. Put quote unquote like back in her place as the damsel mm. in distress. Yeah. Uh, and the Eradicator was changed to a mysterious Kryptonian force known only as K. And Lex spends a great amount of time attempting unsuccessfully to woo a grieving Lois Lane. To woo? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So uh, that sounds worse in every way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, correct. Yes, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so that, that is Superman Lives. And the question that we always, always answer in this show is, would you want to see this movie? And the answer, Cambo? Is yes, I would want yeah, to see this movie. Yeah, of course you I would. would. I would love to see this film. Just the little Even taste if it was terrible, got. I would want to see this film. Just to see Nick Cage as Superman. Uh, just to see Christopher Walken's Brainiac. Yes. Which I feel like we've got a pretty good taste of. Yeah, even I? just like the way that he pronounces Kryptonian. Oh, <laughs> Kryptonian. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. I would, I would love to see this film. I, I, think, the, I think the dialogue... It's like we only saw little bits of it, but yeah. it's very snappy. Snappy, just yeah, yeah. And, and if they do end up doing an animated version, you got to get Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. Because you, you yeah, need that yeah, Nick Cage yeah, timber yeah, yeah. In, in the Superman voice. It's just, it just sounds like a fun, different film, and it's got enough twists in it. And, yeah, I think they do the death of Superman better than... Probably what Batman, was eventually uh, done for Superman. Superman, which was they just sort of <laughs> threw, on threw it end. away. <laughs> and it was just. Though later in the season, we are talking about the original Batman well, versus Superman. Well, that's so exactly right. Keep so. listening for that. But I think we both agree we want to see Superman lives. Desperately. Well, we have come to the end of our cancelled movie report on Superman Lives. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and in fact, we hope you enjoyed this movie, and we would love it if you could subscribe, be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. It really honestly does help us get discovered in the charts. And it would also be terrific if you could give us a five-star rating, or most importantly of all, tell a friend. Tell as many people as you can. We're completely independent here at Cancelled Movie Report, and honestly, that support is what helps us the most. What did you think of the movie? And did we miss anything? We'd love to hear from you. You can always get in touch with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all of the socials. And hey, maybe there's a cancelled movie report that you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out a form in the episode description alerting us to a project and we may just give it the cancelled movie report treatment. I'm Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited this episode and Eden Porter was my co-host too. And we both produced the show. We would also like to thank our amazing voice cast, all of which are listed in the episode notes. Now, make sure you're listening next week because our next cancelled movie is Peter Jackson's produced Halo. But if you can't wait, here is a little sneak peek. So I was like, don't, don't get into a situation where you get offered something really interesting and, and large and big where you're just going to get like, you know, meat grinded into like the next young director that just made this horrific film don't do that and then my agent was like peter jackson wants you to come down and direct halo and i was like yeah i'm going like i'm you know (laughs) but until next time take care